Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ready? Thank you for being a podcast. This is a Wait podcast, a, a podcast. <laughs> That's not the way you do a song about a random topic. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 37-6, and we are your hosts. I am host number one. My name is Robert Nichols. And I am someone that works at the Golden Palace. No, my name is Pernell. <laughs> I'm still caught up in the Golden Girls stuff. Yeah, Sorry. you you just you just want to take Don Shield's place, right? You want to be the hotel manager. I would love to be the hotel manager of the Golden Palace. Yeah. I get to hang out with I get to hang out with Blanche all day. <laughs> Betty <laughs> White. <laughs> you're you're a Blanche guy, huh? Absolutely, oh. Blanche was awesome. That's yeah, all about it's all about Rose. Yeah, Rose was kind. She was a very kind character. And then Sophia had the mouth. And B. Arthur. B. Arthur's pretty great. <laughs> Dorothy. Well, she's the responsible one. And if you can tell from most media that involves four characters with different personalities, the responsible one is usually the one that gets the most flack. Yeah. Unfortunately. She, unfortunately, unfortunately. But she's She's pretty. the Leonardo of the Golden Girl. <laughs> she's so funny. Yeah, Blanche is Michelangelo. Right? Yeah. And so Raphael is Sophia. Sophia, yeah. Uh, uh, Donatello is a. Uh, um, That's the hardest one to fit into that that group. Of yeah, people I'm like because it'd be the exact opposite. Betty White, yeah. Yeah, Betty White will surprise you. Rose, Rose <laughs> she has, she has, Oh, that, that's it. Does fit because even though they used to give her grief about junk, she always was the one. I was like, I have a wiser relative today to say X, Y, Z. She always had the anecdotes for them for wisdom. So yeah. I was like, huh, maybe. All right. She could. I have um, the Golden Girls dressed up as Ninja Turtles. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can just ask AI. Does that exist? Ask AI to make this. And of course, thanks to the beauty of the internet, it absolutely has. I'm going to copy this image <laughs> and I'm going to send it to you in the chat. <laughs> the... <laughs> oh, Christ. I mean, it looks like an AI image. There's something about it that's like, that was created out of noise. I'm trying to count their fingers. No, they're getting better at the fingers, man. Like they're actually nope. pretty good. It's words. It's words they can't do. Um, I asked AI today to create an Atari, a classic Atari um, a box art mm -hmm. um, with, called, with for a game called Podcasting. And it looked really good, and but like the words were all weird. Like it's supposed to say 2600, but instead it was like 260 and squiggle mark. You know, it's just like all this. It can't figure out words yet. It's or, like that Batman episode where it's like the brain produces words. The brain reads words with the right side of the brain, but dreams are done with the left side of the brain. Yeah, this thing is all that thing is all dreams, man. <laughs> AI yeah, is a dream. Yeah, you put something into a, you, you put something into a pile of math, and then you pick up the other end of it. And if it's not what you wanted, you just throw it back in the math and you do it again. <laughs> Give me more math text. And eventually, it'll work out into something. But I feel like. I feel like it's easier just to do the thing you wanted to, you needed to do in the first place. 
That, that's mm-hmm. my that's my take on it. Um, anyway, we we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. Also, I don't know how you're going to do it, but there's a small part of me, even though it doesn't fit the topic of the episode, I almost want this to somehow be the episode image art. Just somehow, <laughs> I that? don't know. I'll do it. Don't 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 threaten me. I'll, You'd have to find a way to make it fit into the actual topic. I'll just change all of our social media like icons and, and, and profile images to that. <laughs> also, I just realized we are the talking, colors of the Ninja Turtles are all wrong. They're all wrong. AI is so bad. Yeah, it's it's the Golden Girls dressed up as Ninja Turtles, but they're like um they're like Halloween costumes. Almost, it's very. The only strange. colors they got right are Raphael and Michelangelo. Like they're in karate geese wearing masks, like they're like they're singers in the Aquabats. But she's they, holding the sword by the blade. She's holding the sword. I was like, don't look at the fingers. Look at what the fingers are doing. <laughs> My God, this is a step. Yeah, yeah. Some find a way. This needs to be the episode image art. I don't <laughs> I, even. Funny. I didn't realize she was holding it by holding the sword by the blade until now. It is ridiculous. Yeah, and I that's love and that's that's Rose in the middle, and she's supposed to be carrying nunchucks, but like they're not attached to anything. <laughs> look at look at her other hand. Is that a pile of money? I don't know what that is. The side of a chair. Ah, the weird. answer is yes. They're gangster turtles. <laughs> it's everything combined because that's what it did. It's, it just looks <laughs> close enough to what I think someone should say. Um. I mean, Okay. So the episode topic is absolutely not the Golden Girls. In the episode topic, it is not the Ninja Turtles. The episode topic is also like like made up on the spot. So I thought it'd be fun. Um, this is uh, field day. We're having a field day here at Rhythm and Pixels, right? That's what we're doing. I told you that one. Yeah, day. but I totally forgot to ask if you played anything recently. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I just yeah. haven't gotten back. I want to play. I want to play more Sea of Stars, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to. Um, so uh, honest, I've, been, I've been watching TV shows. It's not like I haven't been able to. I, I've been doing other things. I just I watch TV. What have you been watching? I told you the Golden Girls. Jeez. Now I finished um, Golden Girls. I've been watching the new Frasier, which is the last two episodes are so classic Frasier setups. It's so good. It's perfect. Absolutely. So perfect. it works without Niles and the dad if it and w- Rod. It's well, it's not because it's not that show. <laughs> because it, because they didn't want to be on it, and they're also not alive. Um, the uh, um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's just classic Fraser, Fraser being Fraser. Um, so the only, but just to make sure, the only original cast member on the show is Dom Dom Ke- Fraser himself, Kelsey yeah, Grammer. Kelsey Grammer is the only, yeah, the only one. Oh wait, who, someone was in the very beginning. No, it's Niles, Niles and Daphne's son. Is hanging out with them for some reason because I think he also goes to Harvard. Um, and then Niles' son, who's um, Freddie, who was in the old episodes, but I doubt it's the same actor. Um, he's in it. And, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it, really. I can't remember. Wasn't there somebody in the first episode that showed up? I think it was a woman who played Daphne. I forget her name, but I think she was in it briefly. Well, I remember Daphne. She's the one that had the accent. <laughs> yeah, she was the... Um, yeah, she was like the the healthcare provider for the father, who was recovering from a gunshot wound. <laughs> Which, after like ten seasons, you're like, okay, is he all right? 
Like the answer is he they just like having her around and he's got money so he's like coming to work. That's pretty much what it is and like, like she's like their you know their family member towards the end. Um yeah. I Which forgot we were right? I I got I I forgot we were recording. We were recording. <laughs> Wait, how did you for what? Cuz we're just like talking about Frazier and I'm like I just zoned out and forgot we were doing this thing well that totally explains why you were like i told you golden girls i'm like well even if you <laughs> did you didn't tell the listeners listen well i mean i think they could infer that <laughs> based on the opening of the show um which is now just us rambling um yeah i've been watching golden girls i watched the end of finally watched the end of um, Twisted Metal. I've been watching Twisted Metal. I wanted to start that. I Dude. totally forgot about it, but I liked you the have, trailers a lot. It's not what I expected. It is so good. Um, uh, Anthony Mackie is fantastic. Yeah, he plays the main character, right? Yeah, he carries this show. I mean, everyone around him is good, but he is exceptional. He's and so, they made it an action comedy, right? Like it's more humor than like it's violent, but they it's, they it, really went with the humor. Yeah, it's like violent humor, like kind of in the way of um and violent. I mean like bloody violent. And kind of in the way of like the boys, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but which just, fits for twisted metal though, because it was a violent game. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a violent game, but you're just cars shooting at other at each other, other cars. Um but yeah, yeah, but the endings the endings drove it home though. Oh boy, they were bad endings. Oh, I forget what, what about the endings because this might so help. the whole premise so the whole premise of the of Twisted Metal was there was a guy named Calypso who was basically Calypso, an incarnation yeah. of the devil yeah and he held these weirdo tournaments to give people the option to have whatever wish they wanted but obviously since he's the devil the wishes never go as intended oh, so man. so I they're all killing each other for these wishes. Oh, and so like if like if um Sweet Tooth the clown gets the wish, like what is he doing? Like that's the other. And I'm trying to remember, he was crazy. So his wish was something ridiculous. Like it wasn't even sane. It was just like I like an ice ice cream truck or something like that. He's he's really good in the show. Like he's terrifying, but also like kind of funny, and creates like weird alliances with some of the other characters. But um, I can't give it away because they do reference some of that old stuff. But like mm. this, I feel like the nostalgia for Twisted Metal like isn't really around the story. <laughs> it's around a bunch of kids sitting around the PlayStation, shooting at cars. Yeah, um, I feel like most people don't remember the characters yeah. even. Aside from like my favorite cars, the ice cream truck. So basically, Sweet Tooth is like the one most the people one remember. Most people remember. I think you can play as a police car or something like that. But like the show is like has nothing to do with that stuff. It's it's just so crazy, so crazy. Um, I've written down to watch Twisted Metal. Yeah. Okay. If anything, just watch that. The first episode sucked me in. It's it's very very good, very very good. It, it, the, it sets up the premise, but it's also like shows off Anthony Mackie. Okay, which I like because I, I mean my first experience with him that I can remember anyway was the Avenger. Oh, Captain America, and I yeah. thought he was awesome. So I'm yeah, good he was with really. More good. Yeah, he was um, guy with wings. I don't remember that guy's name. He was, I think he was the roadie of the show. The roadie? No, 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 no. Roadie was Iron Man. I'm a dense guy. He was just basically uh, his friend, Captain America's friend. Yeah. Yeah, but he comes, he's in later shows too, along with Winter Soldier or something like that. It's yeah, he Falcon. Becomes Falcon. That's America. Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. He becomes a new yeah. captain. Because America needs a captain. We, we we don't know. We can't steer the ship, clearly. We need, we need. Oh, no. Oh, no, we can't. No, we, no can't. we can't. So, what have you been playing? Because you've had some time off, and I'm sure you've been. Honestly, it's 
It's a joke. I have not been putting it to use. I've been off all week, and I'll be off all next week, and I've barely had time to play anything. Though, the stuff I did play, I did start playing Control again, which oh. is pretty cool, because it, it, it was like riding a bike. Like, I got right back on the game. I was like, what am I able to do? What are my goals? And I admit, I don't think I got very far in the game on the first play, because you might remember this, because I feel like this is something that you'd remember from the game. There's an obstacle course you're supposed to do at one point, like a side mission. Yeah. And it's got a really dopey voiceover guy. It was like, three, two, one. And I was doing that. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, I ended up getting it done. And I got the shield upgrade by doing that. But I was like, okay, this is all coming back to me now. The combat was coming back to me. The idea of like, how, even though you have guns, I felt like I was getting more mileage out of just throwing trash at everybody. Oh, yeah. And Especially if you're leveling up your throwing. Like, it really, like, amplifies the damage by just throwing crap at enemies. And I am not hoarding the resources for upgrading stuff in this game. I'm like, if I can upgrade it, I want it. Because the game gets rough fast if you don't. Like, when you start fighting the flying oh. wraith characters and stuff, I was like, whoops. Oh, when, yeah, when there's multiples of those flying enemies on the screen, I, I had to restart so many times. Because I'm not good at these 3D like shooting like fast paced things, like mm -hmm. I, I can't I can hardly control a 3D game that's like slow like The Witness. You know, <laughs> I'm always like screwing and up. And so it's funny you say that once it gets that fast, it gets it does it the uh, difficulty does get way up there. I just assumed it's because I don't really play these types of games that I was like really struggling, but it, it was hard. It gets hard, and the funny it's funny you say it because I am playing. I'm trying to play Yakuza Seven again too, but related to your mentioning of like 3D action and all that stuff. A game I had to review this week that I've been trying to play a bit of is called Gunhead, which is a sequel to Cryptark, which is a game I played back in like 2017. Oh, wow. But to go into the general specific of it, it's just your ship, a, a pirate, a space pirate trying to collect debris and stuff from like hijacking ships. And it's a 3D, like first person shooter. So all directions things can come at you and you're navigating these ships and you have four guns from your head that you can fire simultaneously or intermittently or however you want. And I get so lost just trying to make sure I get everybody all around the room. Don't get shot from behind. It's hard. It is hard. It's one of the things where it's like, is this because I'm older now? Or is it just genuinely difficult? That happens tough. more often than you would think. Like, questioning your age versus your skill. It messes with me. It is hard. It's a tough game. But then I'll hear, watch a reviewer, that other another reviewer who played it, and they'll go, I had a pretty easy time with it for my tenor. I was like, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> You didn't have an easy time. You're lying. You didn't. You beat it. I bet. Um, I feel like one of those like angry like like yeah, YouTube watches where it's just like that reviewer's lying about his time with the game. Like you didn't beat that game. You're lying. It's not easy. But uh, I do think the game is cool. And aside from that, it's just been like just putzing around with games here and there, like grabbing stuff off of the steam, off of the steam, trying to play Remnant through the ashes, and talking myself out of buying Remnant Two because I realize I haven't played Remnant through the ashes. Which feels like I'm throwing money away if I buy one before the other mm. or whatever. So, but if it ends up on sale and I can find a physical, I'll probably buy it. Yeah, if you get the physical, you're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll put that on the stack. Exactly, belong to the stack. But uh, but for the most part, yeah, I haven't had time to play a lot. So it's just my mom in the hospital, take my mom to medical yeah. junk every day. Wow. And then the one day I didn't, I drove to Baltimore for the day to visit with friends, and then drove home. And it's just been like, it's man, a big trip. That's a big trip. It is. It just feels like free time just begets more obligations. <laughs> so there is yeah, no yeah. real free time anymore. It's, it's like we, because it's like we almost, uh, we don't even think about it. It's it's almost subconscious. We just start like, oh, well, I have five days off. So I got this to do. I got this to do. I got this to do. <laughs> and it just fills up. 
Yes, it does. I hate it, but also like it a little because it does at least mean that I don't. So, I mean, the alternative would be me sitting at home every day going, man, I wish I had a thing to do. But instead, I'm always like, man, I got lots to do all the time. All the time. I never feel bored. <laughs> so I can't complain because I remember the days when I did feel bored half the time and I hated it. Yeah, there's just too much to do to feel bored, honestly. But you have to give yourself time not to do things. Because if you're always running around, running around, running around, then you can't stop and you know think and be creative. I will say at least one of the one at one point during one of these days, I did go for a walk and sit near the stream for a while. So I got a little bit of that in there. Yeah, yeah, we live around some really nice areas. You're really close to some really nice parks and and the Greenway and all that. Absolutely, and I do take advantage. Yeah. Um, all right, so we should probably start up the show. We start up some music. We are. We should just start doing. I wonder. I wonder if anybody's listening to this. If they're in the Discord, they should just respond. Like, do you feel like we should just put like a blip in the episodes? Like, if you don't want to hear the preamble, skip to this <laughs> at the beginning of like the little show notes. It says skip sixteen minutes if you want to hear these two jokers talking again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I think like, it's good. jokes on you. <laughs> this show is more talking in it. Um, That's right. right. So the topic is field day. I told Pranav I want to do a field day episode of where, where it's like, you know, when you're kids and you have to go and do random sports like really quickly and then maybe get a medal and then eat some cake. So I thought, you know, we could try that. Um, I, I went to a bakery today. I'll tell you more about that later. So I thought, yeah. Is that where the cake came? It's like, I don't remember any field day ever to get results we're, in cake. We're, we're looking at places that can serve cupcakes and things for my son's first birthday next year. So, um, And it'll be here before you find it. I know. That's, that's why we're like, we better plan this now. Actually, uh, also, I know uh, a person. I, well, if, you, if you're serious about that, I know a person who right. makes some banging cupcakes. Oh, we've already who set up. totally do it. Well, there's a local place uh, we've already set up. Uh, ah, nuts. Brit, uh, Brit, I forget the name. Oh my god, it's got. It's got. Anyway, I'll, you know where. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> uh, what? Anyway, so field day. <laughs> Why did I cupcake day? How did I get here? Well, you got home from work. I really and loved. that down. No, so yeah, I thought something. From my mind, field day. I thought like light-hearted like light sports games and, and and also originally i thought normal games like any other type of game normal games any other type of game where the mini game is a sports game and i know that's out there but i couldn't i ended up not being able to think of any so i'm i will outright tell you i did not do that yeah or, or it'd be like <laughs> like a soccer game but it's like not it's like Mega Man soccer you know it's like that it's like different god um, i want to play Mega. and for me i eventually went i eventually went with um a little mixture of that and um, games that's all sports mini games. Ooh, ooh, okay. Like Mario and Sonic go to the Olympics, but I didn't pick from that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. That probably had good music in it, though. That's I mean, fair. I was very good. From it once. Yeah. yeah, it's got a lot of good people in it. So I'll start things off. Um, I wanted to go with this one is. Oh, I so many to choose from for now. <laughs> Let's start with some. Um, some chill some some chill vibes this is championship mode from nagano winter olympics 1998 for the n64 uh, composed by soshiro hokai and akira yamaoka and keiko fukami akira yamaoka yeah Kira, this is a, this is an early 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 days uh, konami konami thing okay. i think it may not be konami actually i have to look that up again 
But yeah, I, I saw a Kira Yamaoka. I thought that was really interesting. So here we go. This is championship mode from Nagam Nag. No, from the Winter Olympics, So we're back um, now, for now. Uh, Did you ever have a dream? <laughs> this is uh, the this is yeah. This is from Nagano Summer. I'm sorry, Nagano Winter. This is clearly winter music. This is Nagano Winter Olympics 1998 Championship Mode for the N64. This is I good. This is I mean this is like real. I, there's three it started th- playing and my thought was like, well, I can't top this. This episode, you got <laughs> it. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I, I mean. There's three composers listed. One of them, I believe, is just could be a, could, could have composed some of the songs, but I know is also the um, like the sound like designer or whatever. So like that might be just like the manager of the other two. <laughs> so it could be Akira Yamaoka and Keiko Fukami and their wonderful manager Soshiro Hokai. <laughs> I wanted to be Akira Yamaoka for sure because. I would like to believe that once upon a time he wasn't writing like gloomy music. I don't know. I mean, I clearly need to look up music by Keiko Fukami to see <laughs> which one matches up closer because this doesn't sound like Yamaoka to me. Not at all. I mean, then again, you got to remember he did do Diamond Jealousy, and that was like when I learned that he could do stuff outside of that Silent Hill mood. Diamond Jealousy was a EE Mall track from Poppin' Music. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, yeah, like <laughs> you gotta keep. I going. figured as much. I was like, I gotta. I better explain this. Like, what the hell is Diamond Jealousy? Uh, so it was actually. Yeah. So it was in a rhythm game. In the rhythm game. Yeah, it was a pop and music track. You back in the day, you had to like get their little magic card thing that you got the arcade, and you kept track of your progress and earn currency to buy songs. And that was a song you could buy. Hmm. And it was a good one too. So what did it, what was the style then? What did it sound like? It was very rockish, like future rock. Oh. Yeah, I don't very know. much the opposite of anything in Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, see, I don't know. It might not be him on this track then, because this track is like, I don't know. It sounds like a more like like on the beach. You know, this sounds like uh, yachting. We're yachting. You got to remember together. You got to remember. Yachting. Ultimately, together we're yachting forever. <laughs> yeah. But you got to remember that typically with a composition it just boils down to the requester saying give me this vibe yeah and any, and a true. talented artist will give you that so could be could be, could be i feel like i know there, i know you obviously but i'm trying to think of anybody else we know personally that like that composes music using like i know like matt might do that but it'd be cool to be like hey if we can get like three people 
to have like a random music composition contest. We need scary. We need lively. We need <laughs> relaxing. Give us music. And then to see what comes up, what comes to mind. Obviously, it takes longer than like a month to do something like that. But it's an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. Like, here's a contest. Come up with three tracks that hit these three notes and see who does the best. Because you'll be amazed by how different everyone's versions will be based off of one word. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the, do, you think, do you think they went to the composers here and said, Winter. Winter fun. <laughs> Winter fun. No, it was one word, so it has to be Nagano. Okay. <laughs> Just give us Nagano. I mean, actually, I bet I kid you not, I would not be surprised if it was something akin to like, we want winter, cool, and breezy. Yeah. I can see that, those three words resulting in this. And it's background music for every mini game in this game. So it's got to be real catchy and in loop constantly. <laughs> yeah, I see it. I, I could do it. And I like the sound. Yeah, it's very. good. Yeah, this. I mean, I, I can say it's, this is. A, I really like this track. And it sounds like something that would be on KVGM, uh, the last wave, because it's just real, real smooth. But oh, to the letter. Yeah, but we can't. We can't stay in this town. We gotta leave Nagano. No. <laughs> See what Purnell brought to the table. I know. I know. I picked the best song of the episode first, but well, you, or I you was deserve being it. nice, but you know what? I got one track that I think you totally top that. You deserve and it. And I'm not even going to say which. I got one track that could beat it, and I'm not even going to tell you which one it is. You can figure it out for yourself. Okay. But <laughs> this first track, so the vibe I went with on this topic was things that resemble events that I can see happening during field day, okay. regardless of what kind of game it came from or what the premise so was. So something like, that was going to happen on field day. Yeah, though I kind of cheated with one of them and was like, eh, we had science fair, does sometimes lip, like science fair week. And field day and some and one of my schools last day intermingled. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I can do that. I'm allowed. But for this track, I went with a track from the game called Nippon Marathon. And the track title is called No Parking Wednesday, 8 to 10 a.m. Street Sweeping by Robert <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> That's an amazing title. I love it so much.
Well, there it is. That's my jam right there. And now I'm going to leave with the question for you. I'm going to do this with every track I pick this episode. Is this a track I think is better than the previous one? <laughs> Dude, are you asking me now? If I not, yes. not the listeners. Um, I like the previous one better. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's necessarily a better song. For uh, me, for me, this is not the better song. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's a nice way of me saying that. But I don't think it's a bad song. I think it's fun. I think this is a lot of fun. It's just really different. It's very different. This is more of a Purnell Purnell jam. Purnell's feeling oh, good. Oh, I love this track so much. And yeah. I feel like it very much encompasses, maybe not the track, but like the influence for the game itself, encompasses what I perceive as being a field day activity. This yeah. track title, by the way, coming back is No Parking Wednesday, 8 to 10 a.m. Street Sweeping from the game Nippon Marathon, composed by Robert Ruby. And this game is the equivalent of, if you're familiar with the game or the old TV show Takeshi's Castle, um, a bunch of people doing like a sort of relay race or obstacle course race through various areas within Japan. Yeah, they, with they, they the changed the name. Money, money. It's, they called it um, like something extreme challenge, the most extreme challenge or something like that. No, no, that's just the U.S. name for it. Yeah, so yeah that's, that's what some people know it by. Yeah. Uh, that's how it that was makes re- that's how it was released out here. No one knew that Beat Takeshi had a whole thing going on. <laughs> and most people, a lot of people didn't know who Beat Takeshi was. Yeah. Um, but like, it's a really weird game. It was made by, a, I want to say it was a husband and wife pair. Huh. And it had some technical issues going for it, for sure. But the heart and soul of it was 100% there. And I love the game for that reason alone. Uh, and it's just such a fun time. You're attacking each other using various fruit pickups like bananas and watermelons and pineapples. It's just strange, but it's a lot of fun for how ridiculous it is. And again, I feel like this is a similar similar to something you would have done like a field day as in like they had obstacle courses in field day where you had to like run from one point to the other and yeah. dodge the things or jump the things. Yeah, it's like, uh, like some some weird excuse for you to run from one side of the field to the other side. All right. Yep. There you go. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to take an egg and run it all the way to the other side of the field without breaking it. <laughs> now that was fun. I have done that before. Yeah, but this game, it's like that. You're just like you're just running around through things. It's like Fall Guys almost, but like before Fall Guys. About this game, like the thing I liked the most about it was like the ridiculous character costumes that they had. Oh yeah. So, and I guess in that regard, it could be like Fall Guys too, because you could unlock the different weird costumes for them. Um, but one of the characters in the game was a girl who was dressed up like a narwhal because she's obsessed with narwhals. But since most people don't know what a narwhal is, they kept saying she was a unicorn. It's like, I'm not a unicorn. I'm a narwhal. <laughs> it's like a whale with like a horn on his head. Yeah. But uh, it was just kind of funny about how that played out throughout the narrative of the game. And all the characters have really cornball narratives. One guy is dressed like a lobster. Um, one old guy is dressed like a magical girl. And I'm trying to remember what the, what the one guy's like an actual dog. It's just strange. It's really, really strange. Yes, right. The one character is, is just like their dog, right? You're not playing as a person. You're playing as their dog. No, no. It's a person, oh. but it's a dog. Like, it's a, a bipedal dog in an outfit. So I can't remember if he was a man dressed like a dog or if he was an actual dog. But it's a dog. <laughs> it's such a strange That's game. So and weird. I love everything about the fact that it's strange. I, know. I I embrace it. It's like I think they the I I like to think that they weren't intentionally starting to make a strange game, and then like a week later they're like, hey, "This is weird, isn't it? We should lean into the weirdness, right? Like this is this is not a game people would normally do." 
Embrace it. Yeah, just, just embrace it. Lean lean right into that. Um, okay, our next track, we're going to have some classic Game Boy music. This is background music too from Track and Field for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Akihiro Juchia. Oh man, I don't want to stop this. I love this. Well, no, one more loop. <laughs> no, this is uh, we're listening to music from Track and Field for the N- Nintendo Game Boy. Background music too, composed by Akihiro Juichia. And this is this is what this is everything that's right and beautiful and good about music on the Game Boy. <laughs> this, yeah, it is. All the little things I like about it. It's all happening at one time. I don't know how they cram this much into just four sounds one of them is just noise <laughs> and i've been thinking about like so the, the game boy recently too like more so that mickey's dangerous chase and uh what was it skate or die bad and rad yeah yeah both of those games have solid osts really i think they're good. both by konami too just like yeah. track and field yeah yeah konami uh, did track and field and yeah also bad and rad that's the one skate or die game that konami did for some reason maybe they got the rights to do it i don't know what happened there I'd like to know the story about that, actually. Because I think Skate or Die was an American game, right? It was like some American studio. Uh, it was Acclaim. Acclaim. That was American, right? I uh, That I don't know. Oh. I would like to say it is because I feel like I remember them having a studio in Chicago. Uh, but that could also have been Midway. And they could have also just published. We don't know who developed. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, I, I love these like silly mini-game type things. I, I grew up playing these with my brother all the time. Like these types of games. So um, have it on the go with some sick Game Boy music. There's there's three background music tracks. One of them is really short. I'm not sure if it's really like full background music or for like something else. And then there's two other ones. And this is one. This one and the other one. And this this is... They're both actually really good. But this one is really... Nope. Super they weren't... I just, I sorry, I just, I just tracked track what you were looking into. No, it was Acclaim was actually in Beverly Hills, California. Their uh, CEO's name was Howard Marks. Okay. So they were definitely U.S., which just leads to more questions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, how did how did how did Skate or Die get into the hands of Konami just for the Game Boy game? That's so interesting. I, that's no, not, I'm just to be sure I didn't get it wrong, and it wasn't actually L.J. Anner. No, but that's the one I haven't played no, because the re- we were both wrong. Oh, Electronic Arts oh, was, was yeah, Skater yeah, Die. Yeah, that's right. Because of Rob and Humber, Konami. Yeah, and Konami. What is going on with the internet? So it was Electronic Arts. Yes, and I guess there's probably a history, like you said, to why I ended up going to Konami for the Game Boy games. But it was pretty much Electronic Arts until the Game Boy game, and <laughs> potentially Skater Die too. No, Skater Die 2 was was EA because it had Rob. It still had the Rob Hubbard intro and everything. Pure disclaimer, by the way, folks. By that I mean Electric Boogaloo. We are totally shooting from the hip here. Uh, yeah, None of this is documented knowledge. 
<laughs> Except for the Beverly Hills thing. All right, I would just I would just love to know what, what the story is around this. But anyway, I, I love these types of games. They're a good time. I I feel like you cram a whole bunch of mini games like Skate or Die into one thing, and you just it becomes it becomes perfect for competition between people. Because even if it's only a one-player game, like you're both passing the controller back and forth. I could do it better. I could do it better. I could do mm-hmm. it better. We uh, absolutely did that with Tracker Field too. The high dive. My uh, brother and I just either because sometimes the games were just straight up two players, where you would just go player one, then player two, then player one, then player two, which is the same effect as pass the controller back and forth. But like it was just like, oh, my high dive was this. What is your high dive? Beat that, chump! And you're doing that. And it was just good trash talking fun. Good trash talking fun. Yeah, and a lot of times it just involves mashing buttons. Yeah, it's always yeah. Anybody can play this game, but you're just mashing the buttons. You can mash them faster. Um, track and Field is classic. That like um, I've always wanted. I've never seen the, the arcade game of Track and Field, but I know it's just two buttons, and I guess you're just going. Bah, 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 <laughs> on this and I remember doing the high dive. We were just. Yeah, I'm sure there was an entire mechanic behind how to do good dive motions, but honestly, we just mashed the buttons, <laughs> expecting to get a high score. At some point, I figured out how to. I remember playing this with um, my cousin Mike. We figured out how to like do specific moves on the controller, and then you can be learned it like one day i know we figured it out but yeah wow i, for, I forgot about the high dive and when i think about track and field too i always think about arm wrestling because <laughs> we played that and God, that game hurt and um taekwondo because i was obsessed with street fighter and the idea of having a two-player fighting game <laughs> even if it's just a little bit mini one um on the nes was a really cool idea i guess that was around the time of street fighter 2 yeah around that time Okay, so we're on to your next track. Oh, I thought mine was the one we just played, No Parking Wednesday. And then we listened to my Nintendo Game Boy song. Because I'm so jealous. Daggummit. So, okay. Or if the, uh, our listeners should know that we had like a little break in between because my computer crashed and was down for like a while. And then immediately Pernell got a phone call. So. <laughs> yeah, so that does explain. So you're like, why is he forgetting? So we're a little we bit behind have- on things. Yeah. All right, so go ahead. What's, what's your next one? All right, so this track actually comes from a game I played through very recently, but it still, in my opinion, fits the envelope for the moment I'm choosing from the game. Um, this is the Simpsons arcade game, and this is <laughs> Konami. Um, yeah. And this is bonus stage one from that game, composed oh. by Norio Hanzawa. Yeah. Okay, for now, that's um, a little crazy. <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. I thought about slapping on um, the Krusty Land amusement park theme after that in case the loop got annoying. But <laughs> the track itself, I think, is fairly solid. Um, this is the bonus stage one theme from the Simpsons arcade game composed by Norio Hanzawa. Um, this is a track that plays after the first stage where you need to catch, you need to fill up a balloon in order to follow Maggie and Mr. Smithers to Krusty Land amusement park. And which is the second stage. And the thing about this that I think is interesting and why I picked it was for two reasons, three reasons, rather. One, 
I just played this game at Barcade last weekend, and I love Simpsons arcade game, but it was kind of nice to be like, oh, I haven't played this in a while. Time to do it again. I played through the entire thing. It took me maybe like $3 or so to do it. Um, second thing is because I feel like in any iteration of this game being played, it's one thing to say you can't hear the music for the stages playing because mm-hmm. you know, you're know you in an arcade and it's noisy. But even if you're not in a noisy arcade, you st- I've still never heard the music for the bonus level because you're everybody's too busy mashing the button so hard that you can't hear anything. And since the way that due to the way the buttons are cut on the on the cabinet, you're actually smacking the console itself, not just the buttons. So you got four people going boom, 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 <laughs> over just until it's over. Uh, so I wanted to do that. But then lastly, I picked it because I remember how earlier I mentioned the idea of like how we had science fair and, and field day in the same week. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So one of the things they used to have us do at one of our science fairs was working with air pressure and whatnot, where they would make you fill up a balloon. Everybody gets a balloon of the same type, mm. and you had to fill the balloon up as high as you, far as you could without it blowing up, and whoever got the highest or the best circumference, they would win <laughs> for that contest. So okay. it was a question to be like, so, okay, can wait, I tell what this is about the pop? So it's still field day. It was still field day this, for this, us. This, this, this sounds like a field day exercise. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like they, yeah, yeah. they combined the two because they were like, we want kids to oh, okay. kind of yeah, embrace yeah. science too. So we're going to have them kind of in the same block of it's, time. I know. It's cute. It's cute. So how did you do? Oh, I kicked the I kicked crap out of it. I was good for science. I, day, for science <laughs> I, love, I love this is like, we're like little kids and you're like, yeah, I did good. Hell yeah, I did good. I stopped those kids. Like that's the thing, like field day. You don't think so I was a funny, tough like, kid? I was a tough kid. That's just it, though. Field day was the scenario where you didn't have to be tough. <laughs> School physicals was where everybody felt, if you were like a scrawny kid, you felt stupid or whatever, or weak because you couldn't climb the rope. You couldn't do the push-ups and the sit-ups. Mm. But field day was different. Field day was you being like, I'm a rambunctious kid. I can run an obstacle course. I can dive underneath this, par- this parachute yeah, yeah. thing. You, you can tie my leg to another kid's leg, and we can run like hell. We could do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, because it was more fun and less strength based. It was more energy and fun based. Like you could just get into the moment and yeah. have a good time. Uh, and science stuff. I was a goober for science, so back then I thought I could actually become a scientist. So I was into all those things. So something like this is like, oh, absolutely. I can tell based on the pressure on this balloon. If I press on the sides here, yeah. this can't take much more. I better let it go. Like I was like doing weird junk to check for the balloon pressure. I miss those days sometimes. I don't miss them enough to go back, but I miss them enough to be nostalgic for well, them. I've got good so, news. You can't go back. This well, that's, is, not, that's, that's, that's not good news, Rob. This is the, human the good news would be if time travel came to exist, and I could somehow also revert back to that state with my memories intact. Yeah. I don't know. There'd be a lot of things to do with that time machine before I went and changed a childhood memory. And then it would no, you really become new yourself and change yourself. No, you, you create be- new memories. You know the rule. You splinter off into a new timeline. Ah, so what happened to the old timeline? It keeps going, but you leave it. <laughs> you just you just take off. Well, I think you once take you, off. Yeah, once you start time travel, I feel like you're gone. Like whatever life you knew is now gone because now you're you can get, now you're on every timeline. I do feel like, and we've had. I feel like that could be a whole episode. I swear, just the ridiculousness of that conversation. Because always, I feel like every few years I have it. But I always felt like if you left a present point in time, if you went back, you were instantly going to another another timeline because you couldn't exist 
and a timeline that you've already lived because you weren't there. You couldn't have been there, which means you're somewhere else. Another point, another time, another point in time and another window of time. If you go forward in time beyond the point you originally left, then it is possible for you to go back to your old timeline because technically you left and came back. But time is linger, but also splinters. So it gets ridiculous in that capacity. But like I've drawn diagrams and for those who are wondering, why is he so concerned about time travel? And it was because, and Rob can vouch for this, when I think I understand something or I'm just I'm passionate about something, I get aggressively like combative about the point. Like, no, this is it. And uh, a group of friends and I were watching Back to the Future, the original movies. And keep in mind, at this point, I had never seen the third movie. I'd only seen one and two. And they were talking about time travel, obviously. And I was talking about how in the movies, the concept of time travel didn't make any sense. Like, they couldn't do that. You could not, Back to the Future 1 cannot work. Just can't work. And it's like, yes, I can. like, no, it can't. <laughs> it's the two different time frames, time, two different timelines here. Um, At the me- and then I drew a diagram about it on a piece of notebook paper. <laughs> and I was like, this is how it would work. And my friend was like, whatever. Well, the movie says it, so whatever. You're not a scientist, bro. I was like, I know I'm not. I'm just not stupid. And then we oh, watched rough. the third because I was getting a passionately aggressive about it wow. at this point. Man, this and is- uh, when the third movie started airing and we were watching it, there's an exact point in the movie where Doc Brown starts to go off about how he had time travel all wrong. And how here's how it actually has to work for things to happen the way they do. And I'm like, it's almost like someone was thinking about this movie and said, this doesn't make sense. Well, I mean... So we got- when you're writing science fiction, sometimes the fiction comes first, and then you put the science around it. I agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. But that's part of the fun of it, too, right? Like, let's say before the third movie. Like, the third <laughs> movie never existed, right? Yeah. You're just having conversations, which is pretty much what happened in my mind, because I hadn't seen the third movie. So it's like, you just kind of want to make sense of it. And of course, there comes to a point where you just go, I just want to embrace the science fiction and have fun. <laughs> and that's how a lot of that stuff is. And I can do that. Yeah. But if you're going to tell me that what I'm saying doesn't make sense, I'm like, no, I thought way too much about this for a piece of entertainment. It definitely makes sense. <laughs> like, it was just fun, me being ridiculous and having fun with just like discussing, does the Pokemon world have meat products? <laughs> like, just weird stuff like that. And we <laughs> do have these conversations. Like, do they have meat in the Pokemon universe? Yeah. The answer is yes, but also no. They are. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a fun conversation. Yeah, but yeah. It's a compli- it's a complicated world to live in. I would I would say. I yes, it is. Say. But that's part of the fun. Like, <laughs> right, I don't so, know. I want, I'm going to drag us down. I'll keep going. But. No, that's okay. Well, I mean, honestly, to be honest, uh, be- between the computer issues and um, Back to the Future, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we should dive into the bonus round. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that? Yes and no, because I did have one other. Tra- how about I pick a track? And but yours can follow it, and we don't talk about it. How about we just do it anyway? <laughs> track. I'm like, I'm really passionate about yeah, the yeah. track. Lead it in. What, what, do you, what do you have? What do you have? All right, so this is the track. Spoiler alert. Well, I feel like this is the one I could have probably beaten the first one. It's a track I thought I played on the show before, but I actually didn't somehow. Um, this is from the game Half Minute Hero, and it's called Scatter the Enemy. Composed by Megumi Komagata.
for now. I told you. I, I feel like this yeah. one can compete with that first no, track. No, this is good. Maybe I'm just in the more in the mood for this, like this, this, this era of music. This is fantastic. It's a good era, man. This was PSP magic right here. This is from the game Half Minute Hero called Scatter the Enemy, composed by Megumi Komagata. I look at this track as being running the 500 yard, da- the 500 meter dash if the stadium was on fire. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like that fits. I think it fits. Um, but it's such a good track. I actually broke out the PSP today to play the game again because I got nostalgic for the game oh. while picking this tune. <laughs> like, it's. I mean, I could probably get this on Steam at this point, but I want to play my PSP copy because I still have it. Um, You're like the PSP sitting right there. I can just, I can just do it. I can just boot it up. All right, and then the next song we're gonna pick. Oh, you have something more to say? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I pretty much nailed down like where I think it fits into like Field Day. It. It's good. Um, my next track is a little bit on that side. This is um, actually it's called Sound Number Eighty Eight. I think it's an unused track in the the tennis game, Wimbledon Champion Tennis for the Sega Genesis, composed by the alias Crush X. I don't have a composer name. So this is sound number 88 from the game Wimbledon Championship Tennis for the Sega Genesis, composed by Crush X. Um, I think this is unused ending theme music or credit roll because it has that sound to it. I love this. This this is a good one too. Yeah, I, I, I know when he was like, oh, I don't want to lose this one track. This is my life. <laughs> I didn't want to lose either. Um, things, things. Sometimes you just wonder if you're like, we're in a rush. We out of time. Like, well, just slap the track in. Slap it in. Do it. Oh man, I know this. This this music really, really got me today. I was like, this is, this is great. Because some some of the tracks in the game are okay, but like this is something else entirely. 
It's pretty darn good. I, I was I was doing the I was eating some corn over here, bopping my head in appreciation. <laughs> supportive appreciation. And then more corn. <laughs> more corn. All right, we're gonna turn the track down. We're gonna turn it all the way down and we're gonna get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Oh, I'm sorry. Bon- bonus round. I'm sorry, did I catch you during dinner? Podcast no, dinner? <laughs> podcast dinner. Oh, cord. We Our bonus round is where we play covers and arrangements and remixes on our theme. Um, uh, yes, we got we got a we got an order there. All right, so I was like, oh, do I play? <laughs> do I go first? Yeah. Um, this is music from the game New International Track and Field for the Nintendo DS. Um, this uh, is a track and field game for the DS. I don't know who the composer is on this one um, exactly, uh, but I know who the original composer is because it is um, Sparkster, the Rocket Knight, actually makes an appearance in this game, and they did like a remixed version of the track Lakeside from Rocket Knight. So this is Lakeside from Sparkster on New International Track and Field. listening to music from new international track and field for the nintendo ds this is a remix of lakeside from the game rocket knight uh, which was for the mega drive not sega genesis but yeah which Prinell loves this music he has a very fond memories of this music oh absolutely this i i played the crap out of rocket knight adventures and sparkster i played the first two levels and stopped but i would always go back to play the first two levels and stop because I like this track so much. It's really this good. This is the second track. And this, this is the track for stage 1-2. Mm. And 1-1 is also a fantastic bop of a jam. Uh, so, yeah, I'm down for both of these. God, it's such a great God, I miss these games. I miss this stuff. And apparently, I didn't buy this DS game. Like me, the guy who bought every DS game, did not buy International Dragon Field. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something you play, but it could be. It's interesting because you know how, like, um, like in some of those track and field games, you have to, like, take the D-pad and like f- move it in a circle as fast as possible and it destroys your thumb. It has like, mm-hmm. it has similar things like that, but you, you, it's using the touchpad on the bottom screen, the bottom screen touchpad, and you like like spin the circle as fast as you can. So it's like you're doing some of the same motions, but like on a smooth surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so probably yeah. breaking your screen by like carving a, like a probably path probably destroy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, was this was this a later title in the DS like um, history? Apparently, no, no. I I guess it kind of was because the 3DS came out in, like 2011 or 2010, and this came out in 2008. So okay, I so, guess you can consider this to be like later in the system's life. Yeah, I think so. It sounds it sounds a little bit later, like one of like the last final, not the final ones, but because I mean I think they rolled right from the DS to the the next one, right? 
Yeah, yeah the DS came out in like 2005. But I mean, they were, were they were they I mean it's not like they were releasing DS games when the 3DS came out. They stopped production. Oh, they totally were. Oh, they, oh, they totally were? Were. oh okay, interesting. Um, and the 3DS came out in 2011, so I'd say let's call this like early end game midpoint. Yeah, interesting. Okay, now that we got that figured out, Bernal, <laughs> what's yours? So this is my version of and the rest at Gilligan's Isle um for this theme because I was like I can't come up with a remix that fits a game that I want to find. But Mario Party is pretty much yeah, you can all of this stuff in there somewhere. Absolutely. So I found a remix that I liked for Mario Party, most specifically Mario Party 3. So this is the Spiny Desert Jazz Fusion Arrangement by Arcade Bops, composed by Clint Belial. Blyle. God, if he's listening to this, he'll go, this is how it's actually pronounced, but Clint Blyle and Carlos Mata Alvarez.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Spiny Desert Jazz Fusion Arrangement from the game Mario Party 3, or rather composed from the track within the game Mario Party 3, by Arcade Bops, made up of Clint Bleal and Carlos Mata Alvarez. I'm going with Bleal. I'm sticking with it. And this one says um, that the arrangement... by my attorney. <laughs> this one says the arrangement was by Carlos uh, Mata Alvarez. Yes. Yeah. This is cool. So I love this track. I love Mario Party, and it's no stranger to the people that Mario Party 3 is probably one of, if not my favorite, Mario Party games, most notably because of the reverse mushroom and the Bowser phone, which was just freaking great as the, the Oh, one, the dual glow. Is that the one with like the uh the little the little the little bubble machine? No, that was Mario Party 5. You're talking about the capsule machine where capsule. you put money in there rather than yeah, have you shop capsule. at the store. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I wasn't a big fan of the capsule machine because I was I like, like, you don't get to choose the items you want. It was like, put money in and you'll get a ball. Like, no, I want to buy my items and target enemies and steal their money. You That's what friends. I want to do. You, you mean no, friends. No, I don't. In the Mario <laughs> Party world, everyone's an enemy until we're not. And those are called hostile alliances. I'll take it. <laughs> Mario Party. I love Mario Party so much. And I wish I got to play more of it over the years. But gosh, that was a franchise that when you had the right group of people playing it, it was a blast. I love Mario Party. Well, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, please go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the artists' band camps and SoundClouds where you can go and buy and stream the music and support these artists. Right. This feels like our, our victory march for now. This is what this sounds like. We're doing our little lap around around the rink because we've already won the game. Oh, yes, absolutely. I think we'd be good. As th- we, do you think we could do the three-legged race? No. We're, I, I, that's hard to say because I feel like our heights are close enough that it wouldn't feel like, lopsided. Yeah, like I'm not short, but I'm not tall. So, but, I mean, you're you're firmly in the tall, tall category. So it's not like I'll be looking up at you the whole time. I I do miss like I I used to have a friend. I want you in the He's wheelbarrow though. Of- the wheelbarrow? W- no, you don't want to do that with me. I was about to tell a story no. that leads right into that. I don't you don't want to because because you're so much taller. Like you'd be in, you'd be ahead of everybody already. You do not you trust me. Start. Well, I mean, friend, as long as if I'm on the ground, maybe like uh, <laughs> I had a, a friend years ago who uh, used to do something called the Beer Olympics. Oh no! Uh, where <laughs> basically buying track and field day with drinking lots of beer and you'll get a recipe for fun and disaster. Oh, and uh, one particular event was the wheelbarrow race. Yeah. But you had to chug an entire like cup of beer mm. before doing someone being someone having wheelbarrow down the floor. And then you get to the other end and then you both drink another cup of beer and then do the other person up the other end of the lawn. So the partner I had in that race he was already pretty wasted at this point, and I wasn't too far off myself, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was the wheelbarrow man first, like the person on the ground. And I'm like, like you just said, pretty much like you described, I was like, grr, 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 like yeah, yeah, digging yeah. across the ground. Yeah. Got to the other side, drank the beer, and it was his turn. He was like barely able to coordinate himself to do it. And I was like, I don't have time for this. You're losing us the race. I grabbed his foot, and I dragged him across the lawn, oh <laughs> like ran full steam ahead. I dragged him, and I have no shame in that field. No shame. It's like, how are you going to do wheelbarrow race and you can't even get your hands to work? I don't want to lose because of you. This story is is insane. I can't. I'm... It was so much fun. <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
But yeah, I missed that. There was like all we had like a free, had a race around the like a relay race around the around the house. Yeah, I leapt over the guy's car. I rather I mean phrase I vaulted over the car. I didn't jump over. I vaulted over the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had like a like a freaking like a jungle gym sort of like maze because of course when you're adults and drunk, a jungle gym is hard to navigate. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of weird fun things like that. I miss it. The thing I hated the most though was just the simplest thing of all the things related to beer was like the beer drink off where you had like a team of like four people and you had to drink two pictures of beer before the other team could. And I really wanted to win and everybody else was like not doing anything. I was like, give me that thing. I took a whole picture, just like downed it. Like done. If you three can't drink a pitcher of beer, I'm kicking all (laughs) I snapped. I was ridiculously into this uh, the concept of winning this field day. I don't know why. This is why, you, this is why we're so into board games because it's like it's oh it's a fun silly thing. It's we all get together, but then like we get deadly serious for like a like a good hour or two, and then we're oh, absolutely yeah. and then we're back to normal. It's like how did I lose this? So you want to hang out tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to try this again? Or you do something else? We do something else. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But as soon as it gets like slightly competitive, you, me, and Christy get really serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where Scorched Earth comes into play. Scorched Earth! <laughs> like, don't, don't bother Purnell right now. He's gone. <laughs> he is gone. Well, um, if you'd like to learn more about the show, get a full track listing from this episode and getting access to all of our episodes, please go to our website. www.rhythmandpixels.com um, If you want to say hi or hello or you're doing great or you're doing poorly or you rapping bad, please send us an email to our email address. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And with that said, I will say if you are having a rough time of it, <laughs> no jokes. Feel free to write in. I'd be we'll talk. I mean, no shame in it. And sometimes it's good just to vent. Yeah. You can leave us a comment on YouTube. We'll respond to it, maybe. maybe. I don't do it on YouTube because yeah. now you're letting the whole world know how you're doing. You yeah. get, well, this is just this is just between you and me. And everybody who can read a comment section. Yeah, no, <laughs> just a, write the a, letter. It's a private comment, and everyone else says they see that it's private. And they're supposed to, to uh, click away from it. <laughs> yeah, that'll, uh, that'll work. That'll work. It's on our system. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, uh, the best thing you can do is just to share it. Tell people about it, or to share it on your Twitter or, or Facebook or wherever you are. Just you know, just tell skywrite it. Yeah, skywrite. You can um, put it, put a message in a bottle, throw it in the ocean. Hope it gets to stay. Give, give thanks for that Thanksgiving dinner. Thanks for all of those things. Um, we can also go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. So you get access to uh, live uh, ex- uh, Patreon exclusive live stream shows. And you also get access to all our episodes without commercials. So and we also like to thank the members of our Patreon at the highest levels at the end of every episode. So we want to thank, thank you very much, Brooke. Thank you very much, Corey. And thank you, Khalid. All three of you, thank you so, so much for continuing to support our, our little show. That means much a whole appreciated. lot to us. Very much appreciated. Um, we also want to thank Kristen, GameFan44. Thank you to Martyrus, a host of the ReVGM podcast. Thank you, Mike Myers, Antmaster, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos of the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast about Asian cinema and kung fu movies. Thank you to Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. This means a whole lot to us. Thank you very much um, for, for, for being a supporter of our show financially. Uh, thank you to Chris. just Christ- being a good person. Yeah. 
fantastic person. I, I, we got to have him back. He was like one of my favorite guests. Uh, thank you to Christopher Centrum. Oh, he okay, okay. I, they can't get into a fight. Christopher Centrum was also a fantastic guest. Um, they can I, both be on the show. Host, for a uh, blood uh, battle of musical <laughs> pictures. Yeah. I'm going through these people. I'm like, wow, a lot of these people have been on our show. Uh, thank you very much to Davy Cakes, David Good, David Taylor. It's a lot of Daves. The three Daves. Uh, thank you to Enchilada Rigol. Thank you to Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of the XVGM Radio, Keith Chusterman. Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium podcast, which I'm, I'm recording next week, finally. <laughs> he was like, Ooh. hey, you talked about it on your show. I forgot. We should do this, right? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I dropped the ball on it. Um, I you. love the fact that it actually triggered it for it to actually happen, so you guys are going to get this yeah, done. Yeah. Well, if you speak it into existence. Wait, you know, will this be his 100th episode that I, you're on? I think so, yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. We'll, 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 we'll try to promote it every way, which way we can on our, on our uh, pages and stuff. So thank you to Reinhardt Zilkova, Steve Miller, Taco, and Zach Thornbach. Thank you all very, very much. Thank all of you and, and many more for continuing to support our show. It means a whole lot to us. We greatly we greatly appreciate yeah. it. It's one of us, especially in the recent year, we've been like off and on, shaky, shaky. And you guys have still been very much on board with us despite our challenges. So you're awesome and very much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. It's just we've never we've never experienced this level of like pool in our schedules before. And so um, just getting it in and, and having the energy to do it because it's not just making the time. There's a lot of energy that goes into this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that, that, that's a whole, whole lot. But, yeah, we're getting into it. So that's why we're recording this extra episode. Um, we haven't been weekly for a while. But I know you're going to be away in Florida. And then we have Thanksgiving coming up, which takes up, you know, our usual time. So um, there's a lot going on. Um, but we'll make it happen when we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the music. The, this past two episodes, I've really enjoyed the music on. So um, We also got to go back and mind the threats. I feel like there's times where like people, generally martyrs or, or last Rican will just like randomly go, episode topic, yeah, if you, ha- you want to like yell at us and shout random topics at us, go to our Discord. Discord's a great way to do that because <laughs> we, we look at it all the time. I look at it a lot. Um, but I don't always have a lot of things to say. So I'm like the one person in the world who looks at the internet and says, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, no, that's a good thing. More, I guess you're saying you're the only thing. More people should. Which is like, funny considering that there's like hours and hours and hundreds of hours of my voice and your voice on the internet. Well, that's just it though. Like, what was it? Like, I'm not going to say the topic because it's a very sensitive topic, but there is a very prominent topic out there in media land and globally. And, uh, People, a lot of people want to have opinions on it, and I had to tell a friend of mine who's like really engaged. I was like, "Look, I'm be honest with you. I'm intentionally withholding any sort of opinion because, quite frankly, I don't have enough information to make an informed opinion yeah. on this topic. And it's amazing how much better a lot of scenarios would be if more people were willing to just say, you know, I'm not well enough, inf- I'm not informed <laughs> enough about yeah, this yeah. to make a statement. I agree, um, and especially if you're on a very on a topic that everyone has very 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 strong opinions about um mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to just throw anything out there so that, here, that's here. That, that's my two cents um, <laughs> we and, have two in remembers this episode yeah, thank you everybody for listening my name is rob nichols and i'm pernell have a great week have a great holiday and remember the first thing we just said but also track and field field day it's all about schools trying to come up with ways to get kids to be active using activities that they could perceive as fun as opposed to being required or instructed.
or what have you. Um, it's almost like in a lot of respects, a lot of adults have kind of forgotten what that feeling is as adults. You hear people say things like, I'll run when a dog is chasing me. <laughs> or any sort of thing that just gives to say, I just never want to move ever. And hey, it's your prerogative. Do whatever you want. It's your life. But I'm definitely just saying, does not pay. And it does catch up with us all eventually. Find fun reasons to get active. You have dance games, rhythm games. Hell, throw a ball across your lawn and chase it. And then throw the ball back across the lawn and chase it again. Play fetch with yourself. I don't know. Uh, just come up with ways to get yourself moving. If it's an embarrassment thing, move when no one's looking. Dancing is always fun. Just move to a beat of some sort. I don't have rhythm. Whatever. Who cares? Move to your bad rhythm. It's still friggin' fun. The important part is you sweat a little bit, you get a little engaged, and you just don't let yourself go into like a non-active slump because it doesn't pay off. And quite frankly, personally, I feel like you're missing out on some aspects of fun that you could have if you just let yourself get moving. So have a field day with yourself all the time. Now I'm stopping there. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.